Alright, well welcome everybody to episode one of the RF Generation Collector Cast. I am the lovable Duke Togo from uh, RF Generation, and uh, with me is my co-host... Crabmaster2000, also from RF Gen. Wonderful Krabby, I'm really glad that you could join us from the frozen tundra of Canada today. We're slowly losing that snow. It's almost Maine. It's almost gone now. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm gonna worry about sunscreen, and you gotta glad your snow's melting. <laughs> what better way to start a podcast about collecting than to talk about reasons why collecting is important to us? Um, with the focus of the site being on the, the database and and just collectors getting together um, to chat through the forums, um, we thought that would be a great way to start it off. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you, uh, as I've gotten a little older, um, little. I hate to say this, a little, <laughs> thanks, the, yeah, I am the elder uh, of the two of us, I should maybe mention that, although I'm sure he'll mention it more than enough times later. I plan to make that perfectly clear throughout the, the course of this. Yeah, so uh, let's just say I'm the experienced one uh, of the two. <laughs> But, I mean, as I've gotten older, I hate to say this, but it's become easier to collect than to play. I, Does that make any absolutely, sense? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I hope to get into this in a future podcast. Um, but, yeah, like you've got family pressures, work pressures and stuff that you can't just play like you used to when you were a kid. So the collecting kind of takes over. I think we've all, at least anyone over 25, I guess, has felt that in some regard. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I'm sure we'll get more into that. But, um, yeah, that's one thing I really like about RF Generation and um, is just the quality of the community when it comes to collecting and the tools that are available and um, being able to go in and say, oh, you know, hey, this isn't in the database. I'm just going to submit for it as opposed to other websites where it's like, hey, is this stuff going to get added? I don't know. Maybe. Never. Who knows? Yeah, I, I found that in a few other forums. Um, people don't seem to quite understand the, the collecting mentality, um, especially with games um, as opposed to other things because most people play them, right? They just don't, uh, they can't link the two together where the game, where the collecting can be as enjoyable as the actual gaming. Sure, and I guess I can understand. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that people collect that I look and go, you know, I have no idea why you would want to collect that, but I mean, I understand the interest in it in in terms of of collecting things and you know that's kind of i think today going to be a little bit what we're going to get into in the main topic is you know w w why do people collect what's the drive um all about and obviously with this being the collector cast that's going to be a big focus for us absolutely well i would like to um, kick things off by talking a little bit about some of the nice collecting pickups from some of the users over on RF Gen. Yeah, there's been a lot of really good ones in April here. Yeah, I mean, some pretty, pretty nice pickups. Um, first one I noticed, like back from early April, um, PWP Cody had picked up a, a car only Bomberman 64, um, the second one. 
I mean, it looked really nice. I know he's getting really close to being kind of finished up with his N64 stuff. Yeah, second attack's a pretty tricky one to find. He, he, near the end of the month, he also grabbed uh, Goemon's Great Adventure, and that puts him, I think he's only got three left to complete his, his uh, licensed North American set, so he's right up there. That's pretty good, because do you know what the total um, U.S. license is? How many carts is that? I think it's 296 or 297. It's just shy of 300. Okay, so definitely, what, about half, half a little under half the um, regular Nintendo and Super Nintendo is probably, what, a little higher than the regular Nintendo in count? Yeah, I think the Super Nintendo is a few over 700. I guess that's you know, the fate of the N64, but a definitely good system to collect for. Absolutely. Um, I also noticed while Bill had a couple nice little pickups in the last month, I was really kind of jealous when he ended up with a free copy of Ultimate Air Combat, <laughs> which is one of the few uh, that I still need in my NES license set. And, and according to the story there, you know, he bought it from eBay, and then there was some mix-up and whatnot, and, you know, you end up getting the thing for free. So Yeah, how often does that happen on eBay? Uh, yeah, tell me about it, but man, what a good deal, right? Absolutely. And a little later in the month, he had picked up a copy, a loose copy of Goonies for Famicom, which, you know, I'm I'm partial to the Famicom stuff myself, and, you know, that's that, one of those great ones that didn't come out here on the regular Nintendo, you know, it was only in the Versus machines in the arcade, and it's a fun little title. Good one to start him off with the Famicom collecting. Absolutely, yeah, that's a really great game, and not terribly expensive, and uh, for those out there that are interested in Famicom collecting, it's a fun one to start with, no Japanese required whatsoever. Right on. Um, one of my favorites that I saw in the forums this month was uh, Shadow Kisaragi picking up King's Quest V, new in box, for $4. I'm extremely jealous of that grab. I yeah. loved the King's Quest games growing up. And, uh, I mean, that's that's PC, right? Yep. So, I I don't know. I, I guess I don't really collect PC or anything, but I just always kind of got the impression that PC games really weren't worth much. I don't collect PC either. I don't even play PC games anymore. Um, that's just one series that I used to when I was a kid. I'm very nostalgic for that one. Um, and... Since it's new in box, it's a it's a really good deal at four bucks. But like you said, I don't think most PC games are worth a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. I always just I just pass them by. I don't even bother to look. But it's pretty cool. I'm I'm sure it's a, a fun little game to have on the shelf. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to have one over here if he's ever looking to unload it. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also saw Sir Psycho got some pretty nice little pickups. I mean, he had a nice little set there that I liked at, and I was kind of nice to see the Xenosaga 3. Um, you know, that's I've got one and two. I don't have the third one yet. I haven't ran across a copy, and that was definitely a nice one to find to kind of complete that little trilogy. Yeah, and he's got that nice photo up with uh, Xeno Gears, the three Xenosagas, and Xenoblade all together. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he had um, picked up a couple other things that were in there, too. Um, CDI? The... Yes, CDI Pinball. <laughs> it's not the most exciting game, but it's not often you find CDI stuff locally. 
That's true, and it's not like, let's be honest, it's not like there's a lot of fantastic CDI stuff, period, so. Yeah. And you grabbed a few few cool guides, too, for games like uh, a few of the Zelda games, uh, Legend of Dragoon, Dragon Warrior 7, Suicoden, some, some pretty good guides there. Yeah, I still need to get a copy of Dragon Warrior 7. That's the last main title that I don't have. One of these days. <laughs> not too hard to track down, I don't think. Oh, no. No, I hope not. I've heard it's the, probably one of the lousiest ones, but <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, I'll let somebody else correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know much about the series to comment on that. I really, I like them. You know I mean? It's a, it's a fun little series, but, you know, if that's your kind of thing, I suppose. I've yet to explore it, but it's definitely on my to-do list. I would highly recommend that you start with the Game Boy versions of 1 and 2 and 3. I Unfortunately, then I'll probably be starting with the NES ones, though. I've already got them ready to go. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> they just uh, improved a few things, I think, on the Game Boy releases, but... Fair enough. That's all right. I'm sure I will be entertained by your videos. <laughs> yeah, 40 hours of Dragon Warrior is going to definitely be entertaining. And uh, what you uh, you got some nice little stuff yourself this month, right? I did. I got to fill in a few wonderful holes in my NES collection. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, um, which I got shipped for free since there was a little mix-up with the uh, eBay shipping. Yeah, he, I grabbed a cheap buy it now, and the guy uh, shipped it out really slowly, and eBay... Uh, ended up refunding me the full thing and then the game showed up a few days later so I paid him back for the game and he said to keep shipping. What a deal. Yeah. Also grabbed Dusty Diamonds All-Star Softball. Um, Which I see that you've already played through, right? Yeah. It, it was fun. There, there's some definite flaws with the infielding but a really fun game. Really neat how all the characters have obviously different stats. Most games it's a lot more subtle than, than in Dusty Diamond. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, um, those two both came from online somewhere, but I got a few local pickups too with uh, Bucky O'Hare, which I wanted to play for a long, long time. Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2, which who isn't looking for that one when you're trying to finish your NES set? Yeah, that's one I've still got on my radar I've got to find. Next. And the Tournament Fighters. <laughs> well, if I find doubles, they'll, they'll come your way. Wonderful. Thank you very much, sir. And if I find some things for yours, I'll add it to your stack. Um, I also had a friend of mine who, he collects a little bit. Um, he was going to sell some stuff, so he brought some things over and dropped off a copy of Spiritual Warfare, complete in box for the Genesis. It's a really, really cool title. You don't see too often on Genesis, especially in really good shape like it's in. Yeah, and, um, and you know, hey, you can save your soul. <laughs> <laughs> by playing by playing a Sega game, sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so do you? Sorry, what were you saying? I was gonna say. So did it help you feel full of the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Respond to that. I'm just gonna move past it. <laughs> Lord, I I get love. Um, what is it? Uh, wisdom tree. Yeah. <laughs> Last, Good folks. Classy games there. I can't understand why they went out of business. 
Um, the last interesting thing that I, I picked up this month were a couple of the old uh, Nintendo Power Guides for Super Mario Bros. 3 and Final Fantasy. I did a little trade for some crappy NES cards for those, and uh, quite happy with that. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Wonderful. I also saw that um, kind of a newcomer to our boards, I haven't seen him make a lot of posts, but understatement, picked up a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah. That's... You know, minus, minus disc one, but I mean, wow, eh? Yeah, that's still a, a great pickup. Definitely. What a way to start off his posting here. Yeah, I know. It's like, let's bring out the big guns right away. It's a, I will have to say that is a really, I know everybody gushes over it, and, but it really is. It's a really very great game. I would, um, you know, I don't know if I would spend the $250 now, but I'm glad I bought it new when I did. Yeah, I wish I could say that I've, I've played it too. I made an offer on uh, Wild Bill's copy that he's trying to sell for his friend, but unfortunately it got too rich for me pretty quick. That's, uh, you know, that's it. I can understand. That's a, it's a tricky one to find. Um, I remember back when I bought mine, I mean, I had to, you know, mail order the thing through through Sega. I mean, you know, they didn't sell it in the store. I didn't know that. I think they did a later run where they did sell some through the store, but their initial run, uh, you had to call Sega and order it directly through them. I think it was $90. Not bad deal nowadays. No, but I mean, back then, you have to think, you know, boy, plunking down that much money for a Saturn game, that was a little tough to swallow, but it was worth it. Very, very good game. Well, it's not too out of line. Some games were up in the 70 and $80 on, uh, like, Super Nintendo cartridges. Oh, and Sega, too. I think I paid, I, want, I bought Fantasy Star 4 when it first came out, and I want to say that was like 80 or $90, too. Yeah, I would, I'd believe it. It was a really big cart, but well worth it. Again, another game that's really fantastic. I can't gush over that game enough. <laughs> another one that was another recent find um, was uh, Shaboni grabbed a few games, but the the winner in that lot was uh, Pikmin Two for five bucks. That's a smoking deal for a really good GameCube game. I saw that and everything was kind of funny in the comments that like the first stuff was like sell it now. Yeah, everyone's looking for him to spin it around, but uh, I'd I'd hold on to it. So do you think though, with it them releasing the new play control version, that you know, if it was you, would you sell it? In most cases, no. But in that one, I might because um, I loved the new play control Pikmin One. I I actually did sell my original GameCube copy over the to keep the Wii one just because uh, it was like a different game with the, with the better controls. Yeah, I'd flip it in a heartbeat. Yeah, if, but like if it was like Mario Power Tennis or something like that, um, I would keep the GameCube one over the, the Wii one. Yeah, I'm hoping still one of these days to run, off a, run across a decently priced um, Twilight Princess for GameCube. You still can't find them up there? Oh, I can find it. It's just... I I have to pay twice as much for the GameCube one as for the Wii one. Really? Uh, that's what I meant. I meant to keep finding it for a price because they they were up here for ten to fifteen bucks for quite a while. For the GameCube? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody around here wants twice the Wii version because everybody knows <laughs> that's the better version. <laughs> of the GameCube. 
I actually haven't even played my GameCube one. I've got both the versions. Uh, I played through the Wii one when it was brand new and never touched my GameCube one. Uh-huh. Well, I'll find it one of these days. I waited around long enough to find a, a decent Eternal Darkness deal, so... That's a good one. What else do we see? There's Dougley007. Got a nice ColecoVision lot. Said he got, um, you know, the... Some, the expansions and everything with it, and a nice big lot. Yeah. Pretty good. Up here, it's very rare to see anything pre-NES, so I, that kind of stuff's really cool when I see that on the forums. Do you have a ColecoVision? I do, yeah. I've bought the only one I've ever seen up here. Wow. You have many games for it? I've got about 10 games. Yeah, probably most of the commons, I'm sure, right? Nothing too crazy, yeah. Uh, one of my step-brother-in-laws... Um, he was a big Coleco nut when he was a kid, so he sent me a few games for free, like Euphoria and Burger Time and stuff, things that he liked playing as a kid, just so he could play them when he comes to visit. <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. Yeah, I got no problem holding on to those for him. I also found a couple little odds and ends myself and during the last month. Do tell. Um, picked up some nice little Famicom, Famicom stuff. Um, I frequent Famicom World. I usually don't have a lot to post um, because I'm not as well versed in it as a lot of people over there, but there are some good sellers over there. And one of them, uh, Sensei Man, um, posted just a couple times over on RF Gen. I think he's started to kind of dip his toe in the water over there, but I picked up a few. I picked up uh, Cosmic Epsilon. There was Tetra Star, which is. Tetra Stars and Cosmic Epsilon are both kind of like. Um, Kind of like that Space Harrier kind of perspective kind of game. Okay, right, right. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, Joy Mech Fight, or Joy Mecha Fight, however you want to say that. That's um, a cool little fighter. That are, It's kind of like um, like the fighting characters are, are broken up into like separate sprites and whatnot. It's pretty cool. Japan-only Nintendo release. Haberike uh, or... I certainly won't even try to know how to pronounce that. <laughs> but uh, that's the Japanese version of Euphoria, which came out in Europe, but never got a release here. And, um, you know, some other odds and ends. I got picked up a few other Famicom games, um, ran across um, a couple Game Boy Advance Pokemon and some other Game Boy Pokemon games at a pretty decent price. Yeah, those are always good, uh, good trade items or just good games to play. And then, of, and then, of course, my hoarder friend that I made this month. <laughs> um, uh, for those that may not read thoroughly, um, there was a guy that posted um, on the local Craigslist and had you know just a big lot of um, of regular Nintendo carts. So um, I had messaged him back and forth and kind of got a decent deal, and I I met him and. Talked to him for a minute, you know, and kind of found out. He kind of let me know that, you know, he had this huge stash of these things. Um, I, I can't imagine. I would never want to go to his house. He asked me to come last time to his house, and I went, no. <laughs> um, but he kind of indicated he was a bit of a hoarder, and um, he just picked up tons of this stuff and um, and had to let some of it go to pay some bills. But obviously was not thrilled about doing it because... He's a hoarder. Now, and, um, do you not want to go to his house because you were afraid you'd buy too much or because 
this person terrified you? Uh, let's go more towards the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when you talk to him, he seems to be an okay guy, but I can definitely tell there's something a little off. I mean, I don't think he's a bad fella. Um, you know, but maybe hoarders are a special breed of folks. I don't know. Um, I just mean the fact that I would be afraid that it would be like one of those houses on TV where you can barely walk through it. You know what I mean? Right. Turn the wrong way and you'll knock a pile of something over and never be found again. Right, right. That was my thing. I mean, it's not like he was dirty or weird or anything. It was just, uh, I thought, eh, I kind of don't want to see. <laughs> Um, so I let him know, I'm like, hey, you know, if you have anything else like this you want to get rid of, you know, send me a message, let me know, and we did two more deals during the month, and I mean, just, we're talking box loads of stuff, and, um, you know, it's not some bad old items there and whatnot, so I was pretty happy about that, that's padding out my trade list pretty well. Definitely, uh, it sounds like a good connection to have, yeah, because you saw him, what, three times already? Three times, and, um, I said, is this it? And he's, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, well, because okay. the first route, I mean, it was like almost 50 NES cards the first time. Um, and then, I don't know, there was probably another 15 or so of those. There was probably 30 Super Nintendos. I got quite a few systems off of him. I mean, we're talking a pretty decent amount of stuff. <laughs> so I've been pretty busy doing some cleaning and getting that stuff ready. So wonderful. Fantastic find, yeah. Anything else that you saw that you'd want to talk about there? Um, no, I think that was it from the forums for me. Wonderful. Yeah, me too. A great uh, month, everybody. Really, that's one of the parts of the board that I do enjoy looking at most is kind of what everybody picks up and the and the great deals that they get. So Absolutely. And it seems like in the last little while, um, people have been more on board with posting pictures of them too, not just text. So it's been really great to look at them all yeah so keep posting stuff guys and um and as we do more of these podcasts we'll be happy to highlight those and maybe you'll get to hear your name batted around a little bit Um, so to give you guys a little perspective on our history as collectors, we're just going to give you a quick little introduction of how we got started in our, our history with uh, collecting in RF Gen, and that should segue really nicely into our main topic of uh, reasons why people love to collect. Um, so I, I've been around RF Gen for a few years now, and I collected for a couple of years before that, I want to say about 2005-ish. Um, so wow. Yeah. You've been there for quite a while. A little while. Um, I grabbed a big lot of uh, NES games off of eBay because there was five to ten titles in it uh, that I remembered playing as a kid, wanted to try again, and there was a good another 30 titles that I'd never heard of, so I thought I'd give them a try for a cheap price. And, uh, yeah, I was hooked right there, um, not just with NES, anything I grabbed. Um, I used to buy systems that I missed out on as a kid, like Virtual Boys and uh, Sega Saturns and stuff like that that none of my friends had, just to see what all the the hype was about. If they were 
any fun or not. And I, and I remember seeing Virtual Boys in the store displays. My mom would never let me get one, though. Not even when they were slashed down to next to nothing? No, I remember going to Toys R Us when they were trying to clear them out. I could have got one with a couple games for 50 bucks, I think it was, but she wouldn't have it. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, I got mine when they were going out of style. and I paid $50 uh, for the system, and I think I got, I don't know, like six or seven import Virtual Boy games with it, all for that price. It's not bad. Very crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if people only knew. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of like Earthbound, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, so um, so really the collecting thing kicked off for you around 2005 then? About that. Um, I'd, I'd just pick up something once in a while um, whenever it was convenient. And then uh, I stumbled across Racket Boy and then RF Gen through Racket Boy. And once um, I just had, I found this really good find one day at a garage sale. I got a complete in box NES system, complete in box Sega system, and about half a dozen games for each one of them. And I remember, I think I paid 20 bucks for it. And I, and I posted that <laughs> posted that on the forums. And just that little bit of praise that like two or three people said, you know, like nice find, good pickup, that kind of stuff. Um, I was just addicted to, to posting my scores after that. So I that's when I started going to yard sales like every weekend, going to pawn shops, doing trading online on the forums. And really, without... Finding RF Gen, I, I wouldn't have started collecting like I had for quite a bit longer, I don't think. What is your total up to, do you know? I just, a couple days ago, passed 1,200 different games. Games only, not, not including hardware. Fantastic. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It's slower than some people, but it's chugging along nicely, I think. That's all right. Quality versus quantity, right? You bet. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I mean, I've been playing games my whole life. Um, started out, you know, with the 2600 as a kid, and um, and then I remember, I remember very clearly uh, when the summer when my cousin got a uh, an NES, and um, you know, of course, he had. The original set, you know, he had Rob the Robot, and um, so he had Gyromite, Duck Hunt, and his dad had bought him Super Mario Brothers, and I can't tell you how much Super Mario Brothers we played. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, that was it. At that point in time, I had played Atari, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it, but man, I'm telling you, once once I played Super Mario Brothers, forget it. You know, that's all I wanted for Christmas. We were the same way. We, we had a 2600 at our house when I was a kid. I have very few memories of playing it, um, but then we got uh, an NES, and we still occasionally, about once or twice a year, my mom, my dad, and me will be having dinner, and we will argue about who saved the princess first from, like, yeah, 20 <laughs> years back. <laughs> you got it, yeah, and I remember, you know, just crystal clear, because my cousin, you know, before game magazines and stuff were big, he... You know, somebody had showed him how to get to the, you know, the minus world and everything, and it was just so cool. Um, that was at awesome the time when you knew people that knew the tricks. Like my my cousin showed us how to get uh, fireballs when you were little in level four. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we could impress our friends for weeks on that. It was awesome. Oh yeah, it was really cool. Um, so you know, a lot of it went with my cousin because he was a year or two older than me. So when I still really started getting into it, um, I would do some trading and whatnot with him. And I mean, for example, I've still got the Rob that was his from his original set when we were kids. Um, I just held on to it all this time. So that's where my gyromite set comes from. That, and um, That just blows me away. I would love to have some of my original stuff, but I didn't start keeping my own stuff until probably around the PlayStation era. So I've got some cool things like Lunar 2, Eternal Blue that I bought new, but I would love to have kept some of my NES stuff. Yeah, I, um, I've i still got a lot of the original NES carts I started off with. So, I mean, I played that, and then I just kind of went right along. You know, after that, it was Sega Genesis. I got pretty big into that because of Fantasy Star 2. The first time I saw that, my friend had that. I was blown away because he had always been, you know, you always knew that one Sega kid that had the Master <laughs> System. He was that one Sega kid. And, you know, we'd go over his house and, and we'd play, you know, Time Soldiers and and Double Dragon, which much better on the Master System. <laughs> but then he, he, you know, when it first came out, he had the Sega Genesis and he got Fantasy Star 2. And that was it. I was done. Again, it was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get one of these things. And um, pick that up. I was really more into it quite a bit. Not as much into Super Nintendo. Um, I picked one up eventually, but um, I never was as big into it as I was the Genesis. After that, uh, I kind of went through that same cycle again quite a few times. Uh, got the Saturn on release on that crazy $400 <laughs> release. And was a big Saturn guy for quite a while. And um, picked up a lot of qual quality titles. I mean, as I mentioned, I, I bought... Panzer Dragoon Saga when it was new. Um, most all my Saturn, not all, but quite a few of my Saturn games are from then. Um, I bought Magic Knight Ray Earth new um, when it was released. Um, a lot of good stuff there. And eventually, you know, then moved into uh, the next big console, I guess, was probably Dreamcast. And uh, loved it, and of course, didn't last nearly long enough. And then, um, you know, after that, course like everybody else playstation 2 and uh and now mostly probably 360 but uh and then famicom lately i think it's kind of taken over most <laughs> yes. but i've just always kind of had that that itch you know what i mean to kind of keep things right so we always traded up uh so we had our nes when i wanted to move to the genesis we traded all our our nes console and games for genesis and sonic and then we did the same thing from the Genesis to the Super Nintendo and so on. Yeah, see, I never did that. I've still got my original Sega Genesis, Sega CD, 32X, Super Nintendo. I remember. It's all my, yeah. almost all my hardware is originally mine. That's amazing. Because I, I, I remember going into like Radio Shacks. So like everyone used to take in used consoles. It wasn't just GameStop type places. Yeah. To, to Zellers or to Kmart or Radio Shack and, and trade up to the new system. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know. I just always had a thing for, for keeping a hold of that stuff. Um, and I'm really glad I did. No doubt. But, um...
but I guess that's my rundown, a little bit of my history, and I guess as we've been kind of mulling around a little bit, I mean, that really kind of gets us our main topic for this that you never got to see. <laughs> and it's like somebody just just invented all these new games and said, okay, here you go, take a look. Um, so to me, it's it's just like I can travel back to that point in time, but still play something totally new. Makes you feel like a kid again? Yeah, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a buddy over a while back, and we plugged in Crisis Force, which is this really awesome Konami um, shooter, and it's two-player simultaneous, and we're sitting and banging away at that thing and having a great time, and, you know, it's like I'm back to being a, a kid again. What a wonderful feeling. Uh, what about you? What's kind of your main drive? Um, I, I get the same feeling you're talking about, but um, I think my drive is just um, I love playing my games. So there's so much I feel like I missed out on as a kid because we had only ever had two or three games in our house at a time. Um, and I'd go to friends' houses, I'd rent things, and you, like you go to the rental store and you just see you know the wall that looks just like an endless wall of games you'll never be able to play all of them. Oh yeah, yeah. It just looks so huge when you were a kid, and I just going back to grab those titles that I missed out on, and there's just so many that I'm just having a blast playing through every new thing that comes through my house here. Yeah, I understand completely. I mean, I remember there was this one video store that was not too far from my house. It was probably the biggest one in town, and it was called Lee's Video. And they had not only just Nintendo, uh, they had Sega Master System. And nowhere else in town could you, you know, play Sega Master System games or rent them. And I just remember looking at the wall of these things and going, wow, you know, what are these all these games I've I can't play, you know? That's how I feel as an adult because I grew up in fairly rural areas. Um, you didn't have a lot of diversity in your choices. You had what was popular and that was it. So you, you said like you every kid um, knew that one Sega guy. Yeah. I never had the Sega guy when I was a kid. Everyone had an NES. Everyone had a Super NES. I literally never seen or heard of a Master System until I was an adult. Completely missed out on the Saturn. I didn't know anybody that had one. Wow. Jaguar, like nothing that wasn't absolutely mainstream. I knew one kid that had a Dreamcast, and that was it. Um, so I, I get to go back now and, and look for these things that I've never even heard of. Like I'd never heard of a Turbo Graphics, and now it's just one of my favorite consoles to, to fire up. I guess I don't have a lot of frame of reference for that because I was so, uh, I don't know, I guess I have to admit it, I'm nerdy as a kid. Um, I mean, this, I would snap up every video game magazine I could get. I would read up on all this stuff and... Um, I mean, you know, I, heck, I even went to the Consumer Electronics Show, like, in 92, <laughs> and uh, got to see, you know, like, Sega CD and stuff before it even came out. Yeah, I remember uh, reading about these, because same thing, I would, when we go to the grocery store, I'd pick up the Game Informer, Game Pro, or whatever magazines were out, and I remember lusting over a Neo Geo AES for a couple years, and then it just kind of... I never got to play one and never even saw one, so it just kind of faded from memory. Then now as an adult, when I have the opportunity to, to explore it, it's just it's exciting. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, to me it like transports me to some other time, you know? And a lot of those adult worries and things that you have get to go away for a little while. Um, I mean, another thing that's really interesting to me is... 
I don't know if this is some sort of affliction or what, but <laughs> I really enjoy when I get some of these games in, taking the time to kind of thoroughly clean them and kind of bring them back to a nice condition. I Yeah, I'm behind you again. I do the same thing with mine. I, I actually enjoy like putting on some music or movie and just you know taking stickers off, getting rid of that guy's name that's been on there for 20 years. Yeah. I do that a lot. I, yeah, I'll watch a show or something, and I'll sit down with a stack of carts, and, you know, I mean, I do the thorough thing. I, I, I take the, the rubbing alcohol and everything. I, I clean all the stuff off. I take the cart apart. I clean all the contacts and the inside. I put the thing back together. I mean, even junk carts <laughs> that I even are going to sell or trade. I don't know. It's just... I don't always do it with my trade items, but I love doing it with, with everything that's going to stay in my collection. Yeah, I mean... Um, I don't know what that thing is, but it's almost like you can say something, especially some of these cartridges you may get or something, and they're just grungy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, some of these ones I've got from this gentleman here lately, I've been really like, oh my gosh, what did somebody do to this thing? But really, once you take a few minutes with it, I mean, a lot of these things, if you just put a little time into it, almost look brand new. I actually learned that when I was a kid because uh, I remember borrowing... Um... A link to the past from one of my friends and I was riding my bike home with it in my pocket and it fell out of my pocket uh, into the mud and then the back tire of my bike ran over it oh, no. it was just disgusting so yeah I took it home and I cleaned it like crazy and I gave it back to him he never knew I never told him <laughs> well you must have done a very good job yeah it wasn't wasn't hard like um kind of enjoyable I wish I was a little better at sticker removal. I've still got some ways to go, and I'm learning more tricks. Um, but I'm still really kind of hesitant when it comes to stickers on cardboard. Stickers on cardboard, I'm okay with it. Stickers across labels sometimes that drive me nuts. I don't know if I should leave them or not. I do that, too. And then sometimes I'm like, yes, it's coming off, it's coming off, coming off. Right yeah, <laughs> you know? you're three-quarters the way through, and then it screws up. And it's always like, to me, I don't know why I, I re this is a pet peeve of mine and it really makes me upset. Um, I'm not like crazy upset, but I mean, I'm not happy about it. When you see like used games in stores and stuff will slap price stickers on like the back label on a Nintendo cart. And I'm like, look, do you see how much empty space there is on the back of this cartridge? And you had to put your price tag right over the label. Maybe um, they, most people don't care about the condition, honestly. But um, maybe it's just harder. Like, they know it's harder to take off, so they don't have to worry about people swapping prices. Oh, it drives me crazy. I don't <laughs> like it at all. I, there's lots of the stores in town here, especially the rental stores, um, Instead of just sticking the sticker on the outside of like the PS2 case, they would pull out the insert and slap it right on the insert. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's worse than GameStop. Yeah. That's saying a lot. So I take it you don't buy from there. Well, actually, our last rental store is in the process of liquidating their stock, so we are almost without rental stores in town here. Yeah, that's not uncommon. I think most places are kind of it's going the way of the dodo. We don't have, we've got a few, but not a lot. Just in the last two years, they've all, all gone all of a sudden.
I remember you were mentioning earlier about how after you kind of got started about yard sailing and stuff. So, I mean, it's got to be the same with you where sometimes it's just really fun to go out and hunt for these things. Absolutely. Yeah, the, because of where I live, the, the garage sale season is fairly short here compared to a lot of other places, but it's still just as fun, I bet. It's a blast. Just, you go through 10 places, you don't find anything gaming related, but then you just find that one. That one that's got, it's not even anything special. It's just some Super Mario Bros. 3 carts, and it's exciting to find them. Yeah, and then every once in a while you run across the one where you're like, wow, this is actually a, a find. Yeah. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else shares this feeling either, but sometimes I almost feel like obligated to like rescue some of these <laughs> things from these yard sales. Um, Does that make any sense? I've heard you mention that before. Um, I don't have that same feeling. I, if I, something that I don't, need anymore or it's not enough of a good good trade item like I can't uh, profit enough off of it um, I'll leave it in the hopes that there's someone 10 minutes behind me that's going to enjoy it also and gonna have that same thrill when he finds it and see I have this other completely opposite fear that the person they're not gonna get sold and they're just gonna dump them in the trash <laughs> or something you know that just means one you've already got is worth that much more than one lesson. See, I look at it as maybe there will be somebody else that I can trade or sell this to that would appreciate it. Sure, I can see that. Maybe there's a fellow collector out there that would really enjoy that copy. You know, even the commas. I mean, I can't tell you. You run across a lot of Super Mario worlds, but I still never have much trouble getting rid of a Super Mario world. I've got to say, I do appreciate people doing that, because like you said, you've got a big stack of games waiting for me. Single Banana's got a stack of games waiting for me. Wild Bill's been helping me out. Like, I, I benefit from people who see who see collecting like you do, who, who pick up those things for other people. Yeah, and I really, really appreciate folks. I mean, you, you found a game for me. Single Banana's found quite a few. Wild Bill has helped me out with some titles. Shadow... Uh, Kisaragi, you know, I got a big lot from him not too long ago. I mean, that, to me, that's a big part of of collecting and being on the site, period. Yeah, it's um, a great community. That's, like I said, um, that's when my collecting obsession really, like, exploded, was finding RF Gen. It's because I've got people to share this passion with. It's not just me doing it like that hoarder guy that you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's not like you go to some other websites that are more gaming focused and i appreciate those don't get me wrong um i have some interesting conversations that happen there too but like you said before there's a lot of those that just don't really get game collecting yeah there seems to be like um i know from a couple of the other forums that i've spent some time on it seems almost like i want to say like 10 percent can if not uh appreciate the collecting they can at least understand it but then you've got the 90% that just can't wrap their head around some of the things you do, <laughs> like going for a complete set or keeping an old item sealed. or There'll be some weird aspect that'll just drive them nuts. They won't understand it. You get that every once in a while because people will, you know, like, what, you want this sports game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to go, yeah, no, I don't really want the sports game, <laughs> but I need the sports game. So. Don't want it, I need it, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's like when when you're spending a lot of time hunting for uh, pro sports hockey, 
you're not doing it because you want to play pro sports hockey. <laughs> you're you're just happy to cross pro sport hockey off your list. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel kind of weird about that because sometimes there are some stores around here that I go into, and um, and they know me, I guess, enough by now. And um, I, you know, I'll go in with my list, and I'll just go, "Hey, is there? Do you, you know, can you get any of these?" And um, you know, sometimes I get the person that on the other end that looks at me like I'm a psychotic, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, sometimes I get the other ones that look at me and go, "I'm going to make some money off you. That's fine." Yeah. I, I, it's fine either way. I really, I don't worry too much about it. And sometimes people ask why, and some people they don't care. Um, there's only, but it's kind of fun. There's only one vendor up here who, who I've got that kind of relationship with, who knows I'm a collector and knows um, I do ridiculous things sometimes to get these games. And uh, he he doesn't collect games, but he he collects other things. So I think he can kind of understand where I'm coming from sometimes. But I I still think he he gets creeped out once in a while. But he's, he's always willing to help out anyway because he makes a few bucks. That's it. You know, it's um, other people get to profit and it doesn't hurt anybody. And, um, you know, I don't I don't get too crazy about it, but um, I guess I probably go crazy enough. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a VGA sealed collector or anything. I haven't got to that stage. One day you'll, you'll upgrade to there. There's no way. There are so many... Um, Famicom carts and everything else that are out there that um, I'll be busy for a very long time. <laughs> I have no doubts. Um, you know, I know you've talked about, and I don't really have this as much, but I know you've talked about like having some people over to your house with your stuff. Yeah. I love one of my other favorite parts is. Uh, displaying my collection and, and showing it off and it's very rare that I can find people that would actually appreciate it locally yeah so when I get that opportunity it's really fun for me to to show it off and just talk about where things came from uh, how I got them um, how much they cost me you know what I did to restore it like just I'm sure I'm glowing while I'm <laughs> I'm over them about my collection, yeah. You know, so the people that you bring over that see the stuff, I mean, do they do they get it, or do they look at you like you're uh, a nut job, or? Actually, surprisingly, unless they hide it very well, um, people <laughs> don't seem to have a problem with it. They look genuinely excited. Like, do you have Contra? Do you have Zelda? Like, they're looking through it for all the games they used to play as a kid. One guy who who I know that's done a little bit of collecting. Um, he, some of the games that he used to play as a kid are quite hard to find. So he was so excited when he saw that I had a copy of Snow Brothers. So we popped it in right there and played it for an hour because he hadn't played it for like 15 years. Wow. That's pretty, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I've got, I've got a couple other friends that kind of do a little, um, you know, of this stuff and, and some will pieces of joy to me are like i've got a, a friend and he's he plays games he's more into the newer stuff but you know he has some memories and a little while back i had a, a beat up you know nes toaster and then i got it working and i just gave it to him like here you go you know and his parents had had a few games stuck away somewhere and you know he was you know he plugged it in had some fun playing around with his wife and stuff and you know, that's pretty cool 
Uh, you know, some of the games he has fond memories of. Um, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he always talks about Dino Ricky. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, he's always like, oh man, that game was so cool. And I'm thinking, what on earth were you doing back then? <laughs> but, you know, that's all right, because everybody has their own, you know, memories of what they did. Yeah, I can relate. Like, you know, like, like I said, we only had a couple games at a time, so sometimes they weren't always the best games, and... Uh, you had to make do with them, so they grew on you after a while. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, forever, uh, Ring King. I played <laughs> the crap out of Ring King. And that game these days, I mean, come on, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but I played that thing to death. Yeah, I remember getting Hydlide for my birthday because I'm, <laughs> I'm almost positive my dad thought he was buying Zelda. <laughs> and he bought me oh. Hydlide. And, uh, yeah, I... I turned it off after a couple minutes of playing it, and then I didn't have much choice. So after a while, I'd eventually go back to it and spend a few hours here, a few hours there, and don't mind it anymore. Obviously not. You finally got that monkey off your back a little while a while ago. That's yeah, been a long time coming. For anybody that's not in the know, um, Krabby has a nice running video series on YouTube. Um, you're what, 2000 Crab Master on there? Yep. So look up his videos. He's uh, how many? How many do you have completed on your videos now? I've got 154 NES games done. I think I've got two or three more to upload, and they'll I'll be all caught up. Very good. So if you guys ever want to see complete playthroughs of these games, go check his channel out. I mean, we did a few commentary vids just for fun, but um, you know, it's kind of neat sometimes to go. Especially for me, there's no way I have enough time to go through and play on beat all these games that he does. So it's really kind of neat for me to kind of go and watch a few of them and go, oh, yeah, I remember this, and boy, he's a lot better at this than I am. That's another great part about the collecting for me is that I can interact with my collection whenever I want to. I can pop in these games I've never heard of that I never had any intention of playing just to see if I like them. You know, I hear sometimes people will give this crazy well you could just emulate them for nothing argument but to me that is there's just nothing like the real experience i tried to to do emulation for about maybe a year and yeah like you said there's just something about the experience that's that's missing it's not the same that that's what yeah. you'll notice if you watch my youtube videos they always start with the the static screen because you're not playing an NES game if you don't hear static when you turn on your TV. It's just not, <laughs> something's not right there. Having the experience of sometimes, you know, the cart doesn't work for the first time and you <laughs> got to pull it out and you got to try it again. You got to wiggle a little bit and then maybe you get the messed up graphics and then, okay, let me try it again. And when it finally comes on, you're like, yes! <laughs> and then you play one <laughs> level and the messed up graphics come back. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> That's when you get to tear your Nintendo apart and kind of get it back and running a little bit. Yeah. But I don't understand that. I like you talk about, you know, being able to go and hunt through a, uh, all your carts and go, okay, there it is, uh, and pick it up and plug it in and go, yeah, all right, I'm going to check this out. Yeah, and like last, uh, I guess two weekends ago, I had a couple friends over. Um, they're kind of into Nintendo, so we, I, I all of a sudden just remembered them, like, I've got a four score. So we Wikipedia four score games, and I'm like, do you guys want to play some four player? Nintendo grabbed my son and 
the four of us started playing Gauntlet 2 just out of nowhere, just because it was there. We could do it, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> Gosh, I never had the second... Well, I've got the second one now, but as a kid, I didn't. I had the first one as a kid. I could never beat that thing. Oh, it was so hard. Well, isn't there like 99 dungeons or something crazy? It's some crazy number, and they get so hard. And as a kid, I never had Game Genie. Um, you know, I had heard about the dang thing, but the rental stores didn't have Game Genie. I didn't have one. None of my friends had Game Genie. So I had one friend just... growing up who always had a Game Genie for every system he had. So I had never really seen one of the things until I had a Sega Genesis, and, and then they got to be a little more common. But I'm kind of glad now because, man, those things wreck Nintendos. <laughs> They're very evil. When I fix Nintendos for people, um, I always tell them, you know, no Game Genie's allowed. <laughs> that. If you really want to screw your games up, emulate them for codes or something, I don't know. But just play them the way they were meant to be played. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this other weird thing that I've gotten into lately and I think fills a weird niche for me with um, RF Generation is doing the submissions. Oh, yeah? You know, so taking things that I've got in my collection that, you know, there's missing information on or um, there's not pictures or scans of some of these things. It's a lot of fun to kind of go, okay, well, I'm just going to put that up. And then when you go and look, at it, it's like, okay, that's mine, you know? Yeah, I remember the last submission contest, uh, punching just stuff in. Yeah, and then I I check the pages after, make sure my name's on there, and get some sort of yeah yeah weird satisfaction out of that's my scan in there. <laughs> yeah, recently I've been going through the the Nintendo section. I've been really trying to kind of fix and some variation tie-ins, and I'm kind of working my way through. And then I'm gonna go and try to go and clean up make sure all the famicom releases and stuff are in there but i mean it's almost like my own little i get to get into it you know what i mean and say okay i'm gonna take ownership of this little section for a while and help complete it you know yeah when you, i think um you might not feel it when you do just one or two things to fill in a whole new collection but when you're taking a focus like that on a certain aspect like you're filling in famicom like you said it's like yeah it's like you're running the Famicom section, at least partially. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, and I that's what I really like about RF Generation is I don't have to be some staff member or master of this or that, or I don't have to ask permission. I can just go in and start doing some work. And, you know, then if I mess the work up, then somebody can say nope, <laughs> and they can reject it. But, you know, I've learned the ropes of submitting, and, you know, I, that doesn't really happen to me very often anymore. So to me, that's, yeah, I get to go in there and say, you know, I'm going to kind of adopt this little part of the database and do some work on it. Yeah, I, I totally get that. So I would, um, you know, I would encourage others, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the site admins will not want me to do that. <laughs> but I would say thoroughly read the submission guides before you go crazy. Um, there's very detailed information about what you should and shouldn't do. Um, but I think if you're responsible and you add some good information to the database, I mean, everybody benefits from that. Absolutely. And by the time this airs, we should be well into a submission contest. So just push as much bum, stuff bum, as you bum. can to slog the, make those uh, admins that have to uh, approve everything, make them work. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, I've not got all the Famicom stuff really done yet, and then, boy, it's going to be a hard push. Nice. And if somebody, somebody's listening to this, don't steal my, my <laughs> submission <laughs> ideas. Go find some other part of the database to fix it. <laughs> uh, I'm quite sure that uh, our, our, our non-U.S. releases and a lot of systems could use a lot of TLC. I think you're right. If the activity on the forum is any indicator, um, we don't have a lot of uh, foreign members just uh, contributing a whole lot. Um, so it would be nice to yeah. Yeah, see a few of those extra holes get filled in. I would, yeah, I I would like to see more of that come over, and um, and you know some of the other boards I'm at, you know, my signature is always the RF Gen tag thing at the bottom about my collection, and I think that's maybe led a few people to click over and kind of take a look, and dip their toe in the water. So I hope more people, you know, take the time to do that. It's a it's a good site to be a part of. Absolutely, yeah. Every time anyone mentions anything on a forum about um, collecting like they'll say they use their excel spreadsheet or I, ign sucks what can i use now I, I always make sure to throw the rf gen reference out there and tell them how great it is yeah definitely i mean i don't um i tried uh, several different tools before i ended up at rf gen and um yeah just no way shape or form do they compare and uh i know some people uh complain that you can't do bulk uploading or whatever but to me, that's not a big deal. It's just, it isn't. And there's something about doing a good audit of your collection, and that probably sounds very strange to non-collectors, <laughs> that you would enjoy auditing your collection, but that's kind of part of cataloging it and putting it in, right? Absolutely, yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that about twice a year I do a once-over and make sure everything's up to date. Yeah, I think that's just it. It's kind of like you got to go through and do an inventory, you know? Yep. Um, because you do on occasion, you'll get something you'll forget to stick it in your collection, or, or or maybe you traded a thing off and you forgot to take it out. Yep. Then I you, you try to be pretty diligent, but from time to time you really have to go back and take a, a solid look at what you got. Absolutely, yeah. And like you said, there's some sort of sick enjoyment out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love like I'm in a game room in my basement, and I any excuse I can have to spend time in there, whether it's playing games or not, is is fun for me. And, you know, honestly, if you're smart about it, it's not a crazy expensive hobby to have. No, it's so flexible with not only with uh, cost, but with um, time consumption, too. Like, you can spend as little or as much as time as you want into it and money. Um, there's so many cheap games, but now yeah, if you want the big bucks, you can shut out for the Nintendo World Championship cards and stuff, too. Or you can just stick with your Super Mario Bros. Yeah, and if you think about it, most of the what quote-unquote good titles for most systems are usually the most common and pretty affordable. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I think, uh, I want to say like 9 out of the 10 uh, rarest NES games, from the licensed ones anyway, no one buys them to play them. <laughs> There's maybe <laughs> one out of those that uh, is actually really fun to play. Yeah, I'd say yeah, a couple of them, but um, yeah, you're right. Nobody's picking up a stadium events because they really, really want to play stadium events. Yeah. If you want to get the same, if you really, really burning deep down inside, want to get the same feeling of playing stadium events, you can just pick a world class track meet for like a buck. Yep. Yeah. 
and you can just pretend in your mind it's got a different title screen and you'll be happy. You can just print the title screen off your computer, post it to the <laughs> TV until you push start and then tear it down. Same thing. Rip the label off your card, <laughs> you know, print another one out, stick it right over the top. There you go. But really, I mean, you when you think about it, when you talk to most people that are not heavy collectors, what do they usually want? They usually just want, like, the top games for the systems. Yeah, the top ones they played and the ones they had growing up. Yeah, so it's, you know, hey, I want Super Mario Brothers. I want, you know, I want Metroid. I want Zelda. Yeah. Which is great because those things are everywhere. Absolutely. It makes it really easy to, to trade them and sell them off when you have doubles. There you go. There you go. And I really do appreciate the other people that share the must-get-them-all affliction because <laughs> then they can take the take the other games that you end up with. The George Foreman's KO Boxing, yeah. There you go. <laughs> those have to go somewhere, and I'm glad they go to a home where someone cares. <laughs> Um, one other aspect that um, it's it's not a main driver, but it's kind of there is um, how all of these games, at least in some capacity, have some value attached to them. Yeah. I, like I, not planning on selling anything, but I like having the option open that if I should ever need to for whatever reason, it's almost like I have cash in my game room. I can understand that. I mean, it it probably shouldn't be looked at like that, but there are some times when I can tell myself, all right, this is almost like an investment. Yeah. It's also easier to justify it to my wife sometimes when it's like, hey, look, I bought this game for 100 bucks, and now the last one sold on eBay for 300 Yeah, well, I, and that's how I can get away with some things too, because I can say, oh, you know, hey, yeah, I just bought this giant lot of games, but not only did I spend the money, I'll sell some of them off. It'll pay for the entire thing. Plus, I'll probably profit a little bit in the end. Yeah. If you're careful and you want to, you can almost make it kind of a self-supporting um, hobby. Yeah, well, I think some guys, um, yeah, that have been into it for a while have done exactly that. Like, I think NES Rules says uh, the year's not very far into it yet, but I think he's already turned a, turned a profit so far. Sure, and, you know, just a matter of, how much you want to fool with that. I understand some people, they don't want to worry about reselling or trading. They just want what they want. And yep. That's fine. You can buy. Um, but for me, I again, kind of going back to some of that other stuff, I, there's A, a little bit of joy of going, all right, I got that game at a great price compared to what it normally sells for. And then going, okay, well, I can, if somebody else really wants it, okay, I can let that go to them. Uh, I can make a little bit off of it, and they can probably still get a good deal in the process. You know what I mean? Exactly. I And I know um, you in particular um, seem to get some sort of joy from uh, not paying sticker price, even if it's a good <laughs> deal. <laughs> can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's almost like uh, getting that little victory <laughs> that when you can get something at a lower price than what it's marked at even if it's silly um i mean i was we were just talking a little bit ago about um the goodwill down the street has got like five or six playstation original playstation games and you know the two gex games and uh you know 
Rayman, and I think there's another one or two of them there. They, but they're marked for two bucks a piece. And, um, you know, honestly, I stopped and went, uh, and I said, well, maybe I can wait and see if they go, <laughs> I can get them for half price. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's just $2 a piece, and probably anybody else would go, look, they're complete. Just buy a two bucks. Um, but I don't know. It's like, I really want to get a deal. It's just a good feeling about getting a deal. Uh, um, you don't do that? I, I do absolutely do that. But for two bucks, um, I had already considered that a deal. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I'd go down more than that. But I've, I've done the same silly things. Like I've gotten a great lot of Saturn games. Um, wanted two bucks a piece for them. And there are things like Dragon Force and Shining a Holy Darkness, Shining Wisdom and stuff like that in there. It, it was well worth the 22 bucks that he would have charged me. But I, uh-huh. I was like, well, you better give them to me for 20 if I take them all. You know, I, had, yeah. I had to get my extra two bucks back to win an extra victory over top of already finding them for a great price. And that's it. I mean, I know some people don't, but I don't mind haggling, you know? To me, that's just kind of part of the deal. It's fun sometimes, and it's nerve-wracking other times, too. I mean, I know some people will... Um, you know, I've got a friend, and he will never haggle about anything, and he feels, like, bad about it. So whenever we're out somewhere, I'm just like, look, I'll go talk to him. I mean, duh, don't just pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you always ask. I mean, the worst thing they'll do is tell you no. Yeah. But there's been plenty of times when I'll take something, and I'll be like, hey, uh, okay, I'll give you an example. That copy of Lone Ranger I got for you. Um, you know, they had them sitting up, and they had just gotten that copy in traded used. And it was dirty. I mean, but I looked at it and go, okay, this is going to clean up fine. It's just dirt, and the label's fine and everything. So, I, you know, I was like, okay, hey, you know, maybe I'm interested in that. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, you know, five bucks. And I said, you know, really, it's kind of dirty. I said, is there anything you can do on that? And they're all right, we'll give it to you for three. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right. Um, you know, and the same store I go in, and they had um, a zipper controller for the NES, which I got not too long ago. The same thing, they had it made for like 5 or $6. Um, so I was like, look, I, can I just plug it in real quick? I just want to make sure the turbo fire works before I buy it, you know? And so the guy's like, okay, okay. So he gets, they have one of those cheap knockoff three-in-one systems, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. These monstrosities that just look like trash. I mean, this thing is horrible looking. It's got ports all over the sides of it for all these three different systems, but I would never let that thing into my house. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, he gets out and he plugs a, an NES card, he's like Mega Man 2 or something, plugs it in, flips it on, doesn't work. All right, gets out, he cleans it again a little bit, pops it, just won't work. It's like, all right, fine. Goes, gets another one of these cheap, crappy clone systems, swaps it out, plus still doesn't work. Puts another game in, nah, it's not working either. Goes to the shelf, pulls like an old toaster Nintendo out, sets it down, no, can't get that to work. I just looked at it, I said, look, I said, dude, I tell you what, if you will sell it for me for half price, if it's broken, I won't bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally just goes, all right. Because <laughs> we'd probably 20 minutes. But I'm like, really, dude, he just... You know, can you just knock it down in price? I'll take my chances. And um, so I got it for half price, and it worked fine. Fantastic. So that 20 minutes was definitely worth the 3 bucks to you? Absolutely worth it. 
Um, and I really like the zipper controller, by the way. It's pretty good. It's not a joy card, but it's very good. So do you have any sort of um, goal or grail for your your collection, what you want it to eventually become? Man, that's such a hard question. I don't... I, can, I, can I be honest? I don't want it to end. <laughs> I, I don't want to set an end point because then if I get there, what would I do? Um, don't get me wrong, there are some titles that I really want and will be very glad one day to add to my collection, but I guess I don't, Will I mean, do I want to get a complete, you know, NES set for the U.S. licensed? Yes. Do I want to get an unlicensed set? Yes. Do I want that to stop where I'm at with the regular Nintendo? No way. So I mean, there's if, there's European releases, there's Famicom carts, there's there's new homebrews. As a matter of fact, I will mention that they uh, just started selling Nomalos, which is a new homebrew game. Yeah, I just put in my order for that. Now, that's what I was going to ask. Then I was going to say, if you do happen to complete it, um, do you just move on to another system, or do you find a way to extend NES in particular, like with the homebrews and the Famicom and stuff? That's it. That's exactly it. Um, I will continue to pick up games here and there for other systems that I'm interested in. I don't have any burning desire to fully complete a a set for any other console. Um, I just want to continue the, the Nintendo stuff, and I think I could probably legitimately do that for the rest of my life and never be done. Absolutely, yeah. There's tons of, tons of stuff there. You could even move into test carts and prototypes, and yeah, there's never... Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want to go that direction. I'm just saying, like, there's there's options. What if you ex totally exhaust one avenue, then there's ten more to replace it. I'm really, I don't know about anybody else. I'm really excited about the homebrew scene in Nintendo. Um, to think that, all right, here's a system that was uh, launched in Japan in what 1983, and uh, so almost 30 years ago, and they're still making new games for this. I have to, to dig in, but there's several that like assimilate and uh, Battle Kid, and I want to grab the U Force one. There's there's quite a few that piqued my interest. I just have to get around to tracking down some copies now. What well, and assimilate? They're taking orders right now for their second run. Yeah. So you can get on that. Um, yeah, Retro Zone has got a lot of good titles. Um, Nomalos, after they do the first run of numbered carts is going to be available um, on RetroZone as just a normal, you know, homebrew cart. And to me, that's, that is really fun. Um, other areas I'm starting to get more into is um, I like Game Boy. Uh, I really kind of enjoy Game Boy and Game Boy Advance carts. I just like carts in general. Um, Who doesn't? Yeah. Sega Master System, I love the packaging for Sega Master System games. 
you know, those boxes, those, you know, those plastic cases, I've got a nice little Sega Master System collection. I would like to really build that some more. I'm more of a fan of the, the cardboard. I don't know what it is about. Oh, you and the cardboard. <laughs> so talk to us about your love of the cardboard, then. Well, I, I don't um, spend as much on cardboard as I do on carts, but uh, there's just something about it. It's just awesome to have like that. Anyone can keep a, a clamshell looking good for 30 years, but... Take some special kind of care to have that pristine cardboard box that's that old. So, do you display the boxes separate from your loose carts, or are they just kind of intermingled? No, I've got a separate shelf for the for the boxes. So, are you kind of like Wild Bill? Do you want to eventually move to a fully box set? Absolutely not. But that said, I would probably have like a list of games I'd like to upgrade to a complete in box. It'd either be some that has some sort of meaning to me or just have really wicked box art. <laughs> like, uh, I can I can understand that. There's yeah, there's probably a few titles like um you know a little while back I got a good deal on some black box NES games. Yeah, those look just they're really iconic looking. I love those. Yeah, they're great. Um Especially, like, I just have a lot of nostalgia for Gumshoe, so I was really glad to get that. For those that read on the site, you have really hit some Holy Grail-type things here lately, so what about you? What about what direction are you wanting to go with your collection? Uh, well, my big focus is my NES stuff right now, just the license I'm working on. I've still got about 150 carts to go, but... Um, I've got pretty much all the hard ones already down, so it's just a matter of time now. Yeah, you really... Um, I mean, is there any hard-to-find games that you don't have? Um, there's a few tricky ones, like Wacky Races, um, Cowboy Kid, Wayne's World, but that's about it, those, those kind of titles. Well, I will trade you a few of those for maybe a few of your rare ones. <laughs> we'll call that even. Have to... <laughs> the price has spiked on some of these lately. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I would have bought more um, Flintstones 2 when I bought mine if I knew they were going to blow up this crazy. Oh, if I could time travel back two years to when I could have bought the Little Samson for 100 bucks, <laughs> And I would thought that was crazy expensive at the time. Yeah, I, I bought that one for myself as a birthday present a few years back for 100 bucks, like you said. I just, man, it's... We could probably gripe about that all night. <laughs> but I think, you know, maybe a topic for another day, but uh, I think nin the regular Nintendo NES stuff isn't a bubble for some of these right now, so I think prices will come back down. Yeah, I don't just like a few of them. Just like Atari was in a bubble for a while. Yeah. It's only with a few titles, too. It doesn't seem like the whole set's moved up. It's very unusual. So what about you? I mean, what happens when you get a full licensed set? Yeah, I'm... I'm Look at it different from you. I love to finish my goal. So my goal is, you know, licensed NES set. I've got a number. Hit that number. Done. I might grab a few homebrews or something after that. But um, as far as I'll be concerned, like NES is completed. Move to something else. Find a new area to focus on. I, I, whether that's Virtual Boy, TurboGrafx, N64, I don't know yet. But I, I'm looking forward to finishing that so I can start another way. But like you said, it'll never be ending. I'll just find a different area to, to shift my focus to. 
So if you've not really planned out what direction you're going to go, you're just going to kind of take it as it comes? Or? I've got some ideas, but um, I want to finish this goal before I put too much time and effort into thinking up what the next one's going to be. I can appreciate that. I know some people like that idea of I'm done, you know? Yeah. Um, to me, if I was done, it wouldn't be fun anymore. <laughs> I, that's it. I don't ever want to be done. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have anything left to do. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have other things in my life that I do, but I don't know. I guess I don't have that desire to jump to other full sets. Do you see, do you think you'll move on and do another full set? Absolutely. hundred percent. Really? It's, it makes me... that's, that, <laughs> that's interesting. So do you pick something that's a little more manageable next time around? Um, manageable in terms of price and size, probably. I, I would like to go for... Super Nintendo too, but that one seems a little unreasonable for me after the NES, so I'll probably pick a smaller set and a cheaper set. So maybe an N64 or something? Yeah, N64, like a US Turbo Graphics, uh, Virtual Boy, something very, very manageable in comparison to the NES. Okay, yeah, US Turbo Graphics set is not inexpensive. <laughs> that's like saying, that's like saying I'm going to go for a US. Neo Geo set. Oh, that's not even comparable. Come on. Yeah, but like Magical Drop and stuff. I mean, Magical Chase. There, there's a few. Chase. That's it's it. like it's like the NES, but but shrunk down to like uh, I think there's 96, 97 few cards. Like very small, and there's only a few of them that have the same prices. And you got the same thing with the NES set, but um, then you've got 400 extra cards to grab. Yeah, but then if you really want to get complete on that, you've got to pick up the CD and the, all the different system cards for the CD and the arcade card and a duo and all the CD games. See, like I said, CDs suck. It's all about cards. I'm all about cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not a huge hardware guy. As long as I can play what I've got, I don't need all the variations and I don't need all the accessories. Oh, and I say I don't get that. I love hardware. I love it. I like having all the different models of consoles and things. Uh, I like having the different controllers, even the wacky ones sometimes. I just like finding the one I like best and then sticking with that one. Like, I would like to... I mean, I will keep collecting NES controllers. Uh, I mean, there's always seems to be a few of them that I've never seen before. Ah. And as long as I can get them at a decent price, I pick them up. So are you going to expand into that a little more do you think you go for things like hands-free controllers and some obscure stuff like that i don't know if i'll go as far as trying to locate a hands-free controller because to me that's like i said i'm not i don't have these definite goals in mind so i don't need to get all of those you get a million views for sure uh with a few videos of you playing with that thing online come on <laughs> if any of them still work <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'm going to imagine most of them would probably need restoration before they would operate. You and Red McKnight can do uh, some videos together. He'll, he'll be beside you with the power glove and you can do the uh, hands-free set and see who can finish, uh, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 with the most lives at the end. <laughs> that sounds painful. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, hey, I was, um, uh, you know, I'm surprised by things like you enjoying the U-Force so, blast. Maybe, maybe let's not let's not to get about that. So maybe maybe you and Red could get together. You could you force it. He could power glove it. You could see how it turned out. 
you could play some ring king against each other. <laughs> see who would who would be best. Maybe maybe some pro wrestling. <laughs> so thanks for listening to our first attempt at a, a podcast here. We hope you've enjoyed hearing about uh, us gushing about our collections and. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't too boring for you. Um, since it's our first run, um, any sort of feedback you can give us, negative or positive, would be greatly appreciated. Um, toss something up in the blog comments um, on the board. Shoot us a PM, however you want to get a hold of us. Um, please let us know what you thought and how we can improve it in the future. And remember to keep checking in at RFGen. Uh, Act, be active on the forums. We love to hear what you found, what you think, uh, what your collection looks like, um, and always be submitting to the database. Keep making it better and better because it's, it's already amazing and it's only improving every month. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, really appreciate your time and um, hopefully uh, we'll get some good discussions going here and um, be interested to see what you guys have to say and um, There'll be a couple of different places you can find the podcast. Uh, of course, you can find it um, on RF Generation, which, um, in case somehow you listen to this and you're not from the site, is um, www.rfgeneration.com. Um, you can also find us um, on Podomatic and iTunes. So please subscribe, and um, if you like what you hear, uh, please rate us. And um, I'll also be posting the the podcast to my YouTube channel, so you can search for Duke Togo on YouTube and listen that way if you like. And um, appreciate all the feedback that we get. We look forward to um, talking to you folks again here next month.